If you're good at something, never do it for free. You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. I bought you. <laughs> Welcome back. We are the Podfellas. Our show provides film and TV reviews from two guys that make, watch, and love movies. I'm Myron, and of course, joining me each week is Will. Of course, I am here. What's going on, everybody? As always, he just survived going skydiving. Oh, man. My one-year anniversary, I said, you know, well, if we die, no regrets. I found the girl that I want to marry, and there you go. <laughs> if you died, the show wouldn't be called The Podfellas. It would be called The Podfella. Podfella. <laughs> sad, sad face. Sad <laughs> Emoji. Face. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yep. But you'd you'll you'll you'd find another good host. I think yeah. maybe better, even better by probably Myron. Uh, probably so. not. Yeah, we yeah. we have that that weird awkward tension. We do, and it's like just gold, I guess. Yes. Right? Yes. Very I, awkward. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, first things first, though. Let's get started with our rundown on the latest in entertainment news. All right, so we got a lot to talk about this week. Um, DC Fandom just happened this past weekend. If you guys don't know what it is, DC Fandom is like Detective Comics' own version of Comic-Con, where all things DC Comics is shown, whether it relates to the TV shows, there was some stuff about the Flash television series, or all of their movies that's that's coming out. So mm. a slew of movie trailers uh, that we can talk through. But first things first, I want to talk about the Flash concept art that they showed and what was so cool about it is that in the concept art there was very clearly unmistakably michael keaton's batman in michael keaton's batman suit in the background what did you think about that will chills man it just brought me back i just the major point was in in as as like small and simple as it is it's his freaking emblem on that chest that classic yellow bat symbol uh it man i love i mean and it's so subtle though like the concept art i looked at i was like ah oh, they didn't give too much detail i wish they would give a little bit more light to some of the uh, art more uh, work and whatnot but yeah. i'm just super i just i'm just super excited yeah i mean it was clearly michael keaton's batman in a michael keaton batman type fighting pose and if you think yep. about it every batman suit after michael keaton's didn't really have a yellow emblem right nope. it was kind of either blended in black. yeah it was blended in black yeah so that's what i really, really it just stuck out just like you said he's just i don't know it's just that's the classic classic batman you know yeah like i yeah. think that everything else that evolved from that you just can never forget the original yeah. symbol yeah so and uh, andy machete is actually directing this film the flash movie who also directed it's uh, or it chapter one and two so really excited to see his take on this film and his take on michael keaton's batman i'm so excited to see him get back in the suit again i really really am i think even michael keaton uh even from his previous films like he's still killing it in the yeah. industry he's still he's, doing a great job he's aged well i think he has. also he's yeah. very much very much fine wine and yeah. he's still in great shape yeah uh he's just i think like you know what maybe dye his hair a little bit <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> like, no i think he should keep the gray it's very keep uh, the gray yeah the dark knight returns type okay gray hair, okay you know i yep yeah, agreed agreed yeah i just think yeah overall but other than that though overall he's just in great shape he seems strong healthy i think that he's just gonna come back yeah with just a vengeance fun. yeah <laughs> all right Let's talk movie trailers. Um, yes. Three big trailers uh, premiered during DC Fandom. First off, The Batman. What did you think? So I remember when I sent this to you, and yeah. and after I watched it, I thought, okay, I can't. I, I I hate to admit, but 
yes, you're right. I think uh, Rob Pattinson. Robert Pattinson is going to really impress me. I thought that his voice, when when I heard him say "vengeance," like who, like when the person asked, "Who are you?" and he said, when he finally spoke and said "vengeance," I thought, "Ooh, okay." Like he actually, he can pull off the Batman voice like pretty well, yeah. and and for some interesting reason the way like robert pattinson looked in this film he has this graphic novel look he does and i thought frick dude he does fit pretty well i don't want to get my hypes like i don't want to get my hopes high though too high you know i feel like if i do that as any film that we do like it might like oh disappoint us i'm just trying to be level-headed with this so right right i i think this movie i mean the previous Batmans have gotten dark. The Dark Knight was really dark. Batman Returns was was pretty dark. I mean, it featured like a circus freak show. Yeah, but there was a rawness and just a, a grittiness to this yes. trailer. And it all started with the opening sound effects. You hear duct tape being yep. unraveled, and then I you see the Warner that. Brothers uh, <laughs> yeah. logo pop up uh, with the same rhythm of the sounds of the duct tape being so good. torn up. Uh, and there's just the opening push and shot, push and shot of, of, you know, we don't see who it is. There's a victim and we see a criminal basically duct taping uh, this guy's face, the, the, the victim's face, and then putting like a message on there for Batman. But it almost had like a seven kind of vibe, you know, of like mm. a, a killer leaving bodies and leaving clues. Uh, it, it just had a certain feel that I, like it was almost like a Zodiac David Fincher seven kind of movie instead of a Batman movie. And mm. I love what you said about uh, Rob Pattinson. I mean, he's obviously so much younger than the other guys that played Batman. And I think they're using that to their advantage because what he's doing right like a vigilante kind of dressing up um going out and hunting criminals mm-hmm. i think they're taking advantage of it and maybe saying partially it has to do with like the maybe the impetuousness of youth this guy has so much anger and so much angst right and it's completely unbridled mm. and, and he has all this aggression and that you know is very visible in that scene you talked about where he kind of beats that criminal to a pulp and says oh, I'm vengeance. man it yeah. was intense seeing like a young guy do that just Gives them a little bit of like a unpredictability slash wild card type feel, and I think that really really works well for this for this movie. And I love it when you got to see his eyes. How he you could tell he's I don't know what he did to cover his eyes, but when he takes the mask off and his eyes are just covered in like black makeup the or black shoe makeup, polish yeah. or whatever it is, yeah, uh, that was really cool. That the look he had on his face. That's something we haven't seen with the Batman movies. Yeah, let me ask you real quick. What do you think of his suit with some of the little alterations they've done? I'm not a fan of it uh, mm. in the way it was shown in the movie. I was much more of a fan of it uh, when they first revealed it. Um, you know, that little teaser video they put out with the red backdrop and the cool mm. lighting. It looked better there, but I think it'll it, it'll grow on me. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that I found, I don't know how I feel about it, was like his shoulder pads. They seem very like... Um, military armor-ish. A little military know. armor-ish or like, I don't know, like a rollerblader kind of like shoulder <laughs> pad. I don't know. It was. Yeah. It looked, they look like knee pads on his shoulders. But yeah. I will say his um, wrist guards uh, with with where like like where these little uh, instruments that I think of his weapons are. I thought that was pretty knit and like really gritty and and awesome looking. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's like it's a mixed feeling for sure. So yeah. I, I know they're always trying to do something different in, in, with the subtleties of the of the whole like outfits. I think um, so. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right. So next trailer. The Justice League, the Schneider Cut, which premieres on HBO Max in 2021. Dude. What did you think about this one? So the Schneider Cut, 
dude, it's so it's gonna be four hour long parts that he's doing with it. Mm. And so it's like a mini mini series. And I think that I'm excited. I'm intrigued. Um, I I just I honestly don't know what to expect from Zack Snyder and mm-hmm. and just uh, if he did anything different after the emotional um, trauma he's been through, you know, with losing mm-hmm. his daughter. Um, I, I I I it can't be honestly it can't be any worse than how no. what honestly what Josh Whedon did. On, you yeah. know, I mean, I'm sad to say because I do love Josh Whedon. Yeah, but really, this is Zack Snyder's vision, you know. Yeah, and we get to really embrace that. So I mean, I mean, you're getting a basically a four hour cut of the film versus Joss Whedon's what hour and a half, a minute mm-hmm. cut of the film. Um, you, you know, when we when I saw it in a theater, it was you know entertaining, but it had no weight to it, and it just felt like they were rushing through like a paint by numbers exercise just to get to the end. So Warner brothers could make their money. But then in this trailer, I love how it felt wholly original Mm -hmm. and they basically featured shots that were never seen in the movie Mm -hmm. and it had a weight to it. And I just love that they're giving the original director the ability to, to basically craft his vision. And I love that all of the stars are kind of rallying around him. So I can't wait. It looks phenomenal in my opinion. I really dig Superman's black suit. Yeah. So I do too. It looks pretty dope. So I can't wait to see what happens. All right. Last trailer I want to talk about. And I think maybe we may not like this as much as the other ones that we just talked about is Wonder Woman 1984. What did you think about this one? It's, it still looks like a very clean, you know, beautiful looking film. Uh, And I think that I, I did enjoy the original, uh, the Wonder Woman, the the first one. Um, I, (laughs) I, I think, I don't know, I, I'm kind of going back and forth with Christian Wiig's character uh-huh. uh, and just like what she can bring, obviously, as a villain of, of this uh, film. Um, I, I, I don't know about you, but like, do you have a hard time taking her seriously in a, in a, in a sense? <laughs> Yeah, I, I do have a hard time taking Kristen Wiig seriously, but I feel yeah. like they're going to play that up. She's probably going to be like that awkward, mousy kind of person, kind of like how Michelle Pfeiffer played yeah. Selena Kyle in Batman Returns. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure she's got a lot of pent up anger and aggression, which comes out, you know, when she be when she becomes the villain of the film. And I really hope. Yeah, I really do hope she blows me away. And I think yeah. that that's the fun part about it is just really giving her that chance to prove herself to be a more yeah. serious actor in that sense. Um, I think like, man, that armor, the Wonder Woman's armor, uh, looks badass for sure. Uh, I think that looks solid and, um, just love the fact of just kind of going back and seeing, uh, it's a little bit more of the history, right? 1984, we're kind of seeing like how she progressed, uh, after, uh, the death of, uh, Chris Pine's character and whatnot, right? So I think yeah. it's progressing from there. So yeah, and of course, 1984 has a very specific, it has some very specific connotations with the George Orwell book and and such. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I'm not a huge fan of the trailer, and the jury mm. is out. Uh, I loved the first film; it was great. Yeah, but uh, there were a lot of moving parts in this movie. Uh, or in the trailer that make me question uh, how good of a movie it'll be. First off, I get it. 1980s was a really tough time for fashion, but I saw and heard a little bit uh, too many fashion jokes, you know, about the <laughs> shoulder pads and the parachute pants. It's like, we get it. It was the 80s. That's fine. And then I think there's a lot of explaining they have to do. I get it. Chris Pine, we want him back. And, you know, he's Steve yeah. Trevor. He's, yeah. You know, 
integral to the comics and to the Wonder Woman history, but it's just like how they're bringing him back. And this whole thing about this like super smart villain who kind of reminds me of Lex Luthor, who basically is giving people the ability to kind of get whatever they want. They're really vague on that. So uh, the trailer leaves me asking a lot of questions uh, without you know having any sort of idea of where the answers will come from but that's not a bad thing yeah i'm definitely gonna watch it and i'm hoping it's as good as the first one because i really did love the first one i really hope yeah. they make a lot of john hughes references oh please <laughs> I, I just hope that like the 80s jokes just stop after a certain point you know that's and true then, that's, yeah. i hear you i hear you I, I just had to make that comment just because yeah. of the 80s fashion totally. that you were just not i'm sure there it. will be some john hughes 16 candles type gotta love it ferris bueller club. i can't I, bueller, I hope to see reference <laughs> ferris bueller kind of make an appearance in the background somewhere <laughs> yeah <laughs> that'd be so funny all right so that was a rundown of what happened at dc fandom uh it really looks like Warner Brothers and DC, they're finally getting a handle on how to treat their characters and how to put them in movies. And, you know, there was a little bit of a short uh, look at the Suicide Squad sequel, which James Gunn is writing and producing. He of Guardians of the Galaxy f- uh, fame. So I'm hoping, of course, that that is better than the first one. It can't be worse. So um, really, really looking forward to that. All right. Side note, side note. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thoughts of Black Adam with the rock playing black adam i'm excited uh, about yeah. it but what I, i'm a little impatient as well because you know i really want black adam to go up against shazam right oh, and what's yeah. funny yeah. is if, if you watch shazam they talked a little bit about the black adam mythology mm-hmm. and then there was a little bit of like a character animation that looked like the rock right mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed it but then you know so apparently we got to wait for the black adam movie and then shazam 2 and then finally in Shazam 3, we'll see The Rock go up against Zachary Levi, which should be really, really cool. I will say, I think that um, even though DC has been the bit of the weaker link than to Marvel's uh, you know, history of films, yeah. I really believe that, uh, that DC is going to make a comeback. I think that yes, I think that Black Adam's gonna be awesome. Like the next Shazam, like I'm excited for the the lineup that DC is having. So hopefully they can really redeem themselves, and also with Zack Snyder's cut. So yeah, yeah, I I hope so too. All right, a look at future episodes here. Next week we will be reviewing Project Power as well as Bill and Ted Face the Music, which is premiering on demand a week from today. In that same episode, we will be ranking our top five Keanu Reeves films of all time. The week after. We're going to be having our blockbuster double feature review, Tenet and Mulan, theaters versus streaming. It's going to be epic, and there's a lot on the line here. You know, whichever movie comes out on top, I think it's going to change the way uh, we watch movies afterward. It'll let us know if more and more movies, more and more blockbusters are going to come to streaming. And it's also going to let us know if people are even willing to go back and watch a movie in a theater after the pandemic. So we'll see what happens there. In that same episode, we'll be ranking our top five Disney live action remakes of all time. We're talking like Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, Cinderella, Jungle Book, etc., etc. Hypothetically speaking, if Tenet, for some reason, gets pushed back again. It won't. It won't. Okay. Okay. You never know. I'm just saying. I'm just it saying. Won't. You know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the numbers are going down. Like, even right now, I don't know if you heard, Orange County is off the, the California watch list. Uh, LA numbers are way, way, way down. California's doing better. Uh, I think the in the bigger markets, the numbers are decreasing. So I think it's paving the way for a lot more things reopening. 
Cool. Personally. And hopefully this won't bring it back up. <laughs> no. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? Outbreaks have been traced to tenant screenings all over the country. Can you imagine if like the movie is now tied to Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like Christopher Nolan, how do you respond to this? Um no comment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a great Christopher Nolan impression. I like that. <laughs> so all right. Any thoughts, comments, suggestions, or reviews of our content, drop us a line at thepodfellaspodcast at gmail.com. And please tell your friends about us. Our podcast can be found on the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And we're actually coming out on Amazon. They're starting up a new uh, a podcast channel, Whoa. so we'll be on there as well. Yeah, Amazon's just doing everything. I know, Amazon. Not to be confused with the Amazon that Not, no. Wonder Woman is from. Yeah, no. Very different. Yeah. Is that Amazon? No. No. That, that was that's, Wonder Woman? Was that not? That, that's like more the immigrant song from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now on to our review of an American pickle. It's about an immigrant worker at a pickle factory who is accidentally preserved for 100 years and wakes up in modern day Brooklyn. Here's a look at the trailer. old country of Shlupska, I am ditch digger. As far as jobs in Shlupska, it's pretty good. We are the Greenbounds, and we have American dream. I find good job in Pickle Factory. Sarah, I make this vow. One hundred years, our family will prosper. And then one day, everything changed. It's been 100 years. The pickle brine preserved him perfectly. You're too old to do that. The world has changed. Everyone I know is gone. We were able to track down a great grandson. Greenbaum. Greenbaum. <laughs> this is nuts. Walk past the cafe, but you don't need when you live to. Your parents, where are they? They passed away. It was a car crash. He will tell me everything of their deaths, how their bodies died, their faces as the life left. We will bond over our pain. Mm -hmm. Oh no, love, you're not alone. I understand why you're a religious person, but I am not. How do you grieve for dead parents? Doing okay. I have an idea. Please start pickle business. That's a very stupid idea, Herschel. You have no wife, no children, mm. no friends, no job. You need help. I'm fine. You're not alone! We will become success. Wow, ooh, it's very pungent. Mmm, yeah, that's straight from the devil. We will finally make their parents proud. Don't talk about my parents. You never met them! You have captivated the hearts of the entire world. Probably not best case scenario for what the family's become. In old country, we have saying. I'm sure this has aged well. If man does not throw punch, it is because this man secretly had polio arm. Do something, Ben. Throw your punch. You only cured polio, right? A guy named Jonas Salk. Was he Jew? He was this. Is this your father? No, that's David Bowie. Is this your mother? No, that's also David Bowie. That whole poster is David Bowie. All right, we are back. That was a look at the trailer for the film An American Pickle. Now, 
I showed you the trailer and you were kind of like, what is this? Uh, yeah. it's, it's a little bit odd. It's a yeah. satire. And obviously you're not supposed to take the idea of a man getting brined for 100 years. <laughs> it's not supposed to be taken literally. It's, this movie is a fable, right? Basically. I wanted to ask you first, what did you like about the movie? Oh, man. Okay. So as absurd as this film was, being that it was a satire, but also a farce comedy, it actually did keep me entertained. Uh, for some reason, it reminded me of the series Family Guy, minus the obscenity with like all the illogical and outlandish situations. <laughs> you have Herschel Greenbaum, a Jewish immigrant being preserved for 100 years in a large pickle barrel in New York, waking up to find out he has only one family member alive, a great grandson named Ben Greenbaum, an app developer. The moment I felt the Family Guy reference was when doctors were explaining how his preservation was possible, and all they did was show a chart, point to the random math, and that was the end of it. Cut the next yeah, scene. The, move yeah, along. You forgot the 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 reporters are like, "How can you explain this?" And then no sound. Doctor points to a chart, and the reporters are like, "That makes sense." Yeah, <laughs> and they cut away. It's like okay. Exactly. Let's not show this anymore. Let's move on to the, for the to the rest of the movie. And that's when I was like. Yeah, I can't. I, I this is this is that kind of film. Okay, yeah. I got just gotta take for it is. Yeah, like there's but but with that there's like there were a handful of those types of quick scenes <laughs> throughout yeah. the film, and then like from there like it progresses to Herschel producing pickles in the most unsanitary way, and selling them just to take down a vodka billboard near the grave of his late wife because he thinks the construction <laughs> workers are Russian Cossacks who ran Herschel and his wife out of their country in Shlupsk. And where they grew up, basically. <laughs> like, what? Where is this going? Like, what is this going on? I think, like, the most hilarious part, though, of the film was when... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm thinking about it right now. Was when Herschel was asked about Christianity <laughs> in an auditorium. And he comes from the old traditional Jewish system. Uh, and so the answer he gave in today's generation was beyond bigotry and the scene quickly changed to him running for his life as people were chasing him down and throwing random products at him. Once again, very family guy-ish kind of thing going on. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of that here. Uh, and you know, basically tease uh, the fact about how politically correct and sensitive we are compared to how things were 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's that other scene where people are like, hey, you should hire an intern. What's an intern? It's like, oh, they work for you for free. And he, and then uh, he says, like a slave? And, and cut to <laughs> a, a line of interns. And basically, uh, he's treating them and this whole thing that, like it's a slave auction <laughs> where they yeah, step up yeah. on the stage. What the and heck? he's walking. I'm like, okay, I don't know if... <laughs> I'm sure they're a little worried about how that scene would go over. But yeah, it was fine. But I think that's the, that's the whole point, though. That that's why it was just that ridiculous. Yeah, it's absurd. Yeah, it's super absurdity. absurd. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, so... Those are just some of the absurdities, but this film also had some heart, actually. Like, the relationship between Herschel and his great-grandson gave a contrast of how life priorities have changed, and, and yeah. Herschel witnessing the legacy he had hoped for for his future generations fell short. Mm -hmm. So, from Herschel's generation, it was all about family and faith, while Ben was, like, all about business and entrepreneurship. Um, but from there, Herschel tries to reconnect Ben and show him the significance of family and faith. And I thought, oh, that's nice, you know. I mean, granted, I, I am I'm only giving you a very light version of what that looks like because there's a lot more to it. Yeah. So, but at, at the end of the, at the end of the uh, film, I was like, oh, that was nice, you know. It was a yeah. nice little resolution of what happened. So. Yeah, you basically have two characters that are nothing alike, but they are connected by the bond of family, 
And because of that, that's enough to keep them together. And of course, by the end of the film, you have two successful character arcs in which both Ben and Herschel, they change for the better because of each other, which is mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, that's basically what I liked about it for sure. Um, that was basically it. What about you? Yeah. All right. I really, really enjoyed this movie. And I know that you use words such as absurd and farce, but I don't think that's a bad thing because this movie is an absurdist you know, comedy, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's not a farce so much as it is it is farcical. They were very intentional with the things they were doing. Their humor was very intentional. It all fits within the tone of the film. Mm. And I basically just enjoyed it for what it was. I really enjoyed the satirical elements of the movie. What this is, is basically a modern day Rip, Rip Van Winkle. But instead of the guy falling yeah. asleep, he is Brian for a hundred years and wakes up. And of course there's that level of culture shock where you wake up and everything's changed Uh and you kind of look at it and you're like, okay, like how, how much were things different? Not even a hundred years ago, but even like 20, 30 years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure we all have that idea. It's like, I wonder what my grandchildren will be like. I wonder what my great grandchildren. Yeah. I thought, I thought about that too. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie kind of fulfills that. And it's like, I wonder what legacy we're, we're going to leave. And, you know, if in this movie, Herschel immigrates, immigrates to the United States with his wife. And then uh, they start a legacy for their family. And that's a legacy that Ben doesn't even see or even understand to, until the end of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, for us, you know, having parents that also came here uh, from Korea, uh, I think there's a strong connection to that as well. And just trying to get in touch with where we came from and uh, what our roots are, you know. Yep. Um, and there is an obvious, very strong Donald Trump metaphor here which I thought was hilarious, right? Because you have a guy, Herschel, who has no filter that says whatever he thinks <laughs> and all of his opinions are very strongly against anything that is considered proper or normal uh, today. But he just goes off and says whatever the hell he wants in whatever context he wants to anyone that he, uh, that to anyone that will listen, right? Yeah. But rather than ostracize him, they think this guy is cool. I think he, I love his vibe. He's just kind of all about free speech. And, and you know, it works. You know, it, it elevates him to a certain point until that scene you talked about where he kind of you know, yeah. says something against Christians, which <laughs> as crazy as Trump is, that's something he will never do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you don't do that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a story about family, what success means. And, mm-hmm. you know, like Herschel uh, tells his wife, Sarah, my dream is to try seltzer water, right? Mm, mm-hmm. And then he comes to Ben's house and he has a, a seltzer water machine, right? <laughs> and something that's just commonplace to him, right? Um, you you own seltzer water? <laughs> yeah. You have this? <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed little scenes like that and also how different things are today than they were yesterday, not even 100 years ago. I'm talking even like a year or two ago. A year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And this movie is a satire. I didn't take it for anything more than that. And then, of course, there is, you know, you get the warm and fuzzies at the end, uh, you know, when the theme of family and connectedness and togetherness comes back in at the end of the day. So I will that's say, what I loved. Yeah. yeah, I will say that the way they portrayed you know, as you stated earlier, and I was curious about too, like when we want to leave a legacy, what does that look like a hundred years from now and how curiosity really for us, like kind of takes over. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that they did that so well in making it feel naturally, like how we would actually react to it. Like you don't have a family. What? 
how do you not have a wife? Like these things that that we hold so near and dear of today's generation, at least for example, like what we hold near and dear today, we think, how are they going to hold up in a hundred years? Like, I think that they just did that really well. Uh, Seth Rogen, like, I think that mm. did that really well to, to mm. kind of give it a realistic aspect. So, yeah, it's like, you know, back in the day, a hundred years ago, people were getting married young. They were having so many more kids. And now today everyone's all about, uh, career, career, career. People are getting later starts in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like someone like Ben, we are we are introduced to him in a, in a time in his life where he hasn't really done anything. He is trying to do something by creating like that, that cool app, you know, that's going to make him a fortune and make him a success. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Going back over to you, was there anything weak that you didn't like about this movie? You know, honestly, it, it's just. It's just a super simple story and, and on like a textbook comedy we've seen many times before, but I, I didn't go into it having any high expectations. And so, I mean, it's it's really a film that you're either going to love if you like this kind of comedy or you're just not going to be into it. It's, it's really one, yeah. one or the other. For me, yeah. I, I actually enjoyed it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. I enjoyed it as well. If there was a weak point, uh, I would say that there's a pretty dramatic shift in tone towards the end. Uh, the first right. two thirds of the movie, it's yeah. an absurdist comedy. And then, you know, we talked a little bit about the theme of family. Well, it comes on really strongly towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of shifts to like a slightly sappy, uh, slightly sentimental, uh, you know, version of what the movie was uh, in the first like two two thirds of it. But honestly, I was OK with it because I was already invested in the characters and I was already laughing so much and just really enjoyed it. So it was OK for me. It wasn't too much of a shift but it, there was a shift and it was a notice noticeable one so i did have to bring that up i feel like it's like um writers need to take more time and they'll be able to like build up to that shift you know even though i know that it was very sentimental at the end like just kind of sprinkling it and really kind of blending it in with i i, I know it's an absurdist film but like just i don't know like it disappoint. It doesn't disappoint, but more the sense of like how you're saying, like, wow, you notice that shift, and you kind of yeah. wish it was a bit smoother, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right. And before we give it our final review, I'm going to ask you, Will. I'm going to quiz you, Will. Oh, great. There's a connection between these two movies. What is it? There's a connection between these two movies. Someone that acted in both of them. Oh come on! I seriously, I. I, what? There's yeah. an actor that was in both of them. Yeah. He is one of the Lonely Island guys. Oh, Andy okay. Samberg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Andy Samberg's right hand man. I forgot his name. Ja- Jor- Jorma Tacone. Yeah, yeah. He was right? the one that played uh, that was trying to help the investors for. Um, Seth yeah, he Rogan's. was trying. Yeah, he was trying to buy Seth Rogen's app company. Yes. Right. Um, uh, that didn't go to plan, and he was also the guy, and I used to go here that meets with Jillian Jacobs. At that bar, that yes. old friend from college. Yeah, that was the most awkward. Okay, yeah, we're gonna talk, talk yeah. about that later. I, but yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I laughed more in the first five minutes of an American pickle than I did the entire movie I used to go here. But anyway, we'll talk about <laughs> yes, that in yes. a little bit. Final reviews of the film. Will go off, go for it. I give it three stars. It it definitely is uh, something that you need to just take with a grain of salt and just enjoy it. Um, I thought that Seth Rogen, even though we had a lot, it's basically all Seth Rogen in this film. Uh, he did actually a great job playing him, uh, playing two different characters, uh, and really creating a dynamic chemistry with himself in that sense. So, uh, overall it's, it's a, it's watchable for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
I really enjoyed it. I give this three and a half stars. I mean, just because of the subject matter, a farcical comedy does not mean that it can't be an amazing movie. Mm. And I feel like people tend to reserve like better readings for like the serious dramas or like the big epics. But no, I, I really enjoyed this. By the way, I have to go back. I got some crap for giving uh, Hereditary only three stars. <laughs> And uh, their point was valid. Yeah. That is better than a three-star movie. So, Aaron, if you're listening, I'm going back and I'm re-rating Hereditary three and a half stars. Ooh, calling out the name, Aaron. All right. Anyway, that was our in-depth review of the film An American Pickle. It can be seen on HBO Max. We'll take a short break and come back with a review of the film I used to go here. Stay tuned. I just wanted to give you a call because it looks like you're still getting some pretty important mail. Kate, just focus on the fact that you wrote a book. That is huge. Turn and show me your baby bump. Smile. Guess where I am? Where? In Carbondale. Welcome back, right? David Kirkpatrick brought me down to do a reading. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Kate was in my very first class ever as a professor. How's your book doing? Not as good as I would have hoped. What would you think about teaching here? Teaching here? It would be nice to have you here again, Kate. Hey. Oh, hi. I used to live here. Seriously? We're having a party. You should come. I used to dance in this room like 15 years ago. I was in kindergarten 15 years ago. The whole thing is very restrained. I can go for a little restraint. Oh my god! You wanna see something? Yeah. What happened with you, your boyfriend? You mean my fiance? Were you hoping you guys would get back together? Oh, I'm so pathetic. Life is not like school, all right? It's all like possibility for you. Are you coming back? There was a pill. That could give you five minutes. It's so they get it. I'm embedded with the power. A pure power. I'm embedded with the power. Would you take it? You don't know who I am or what I'm about, but I'll do anything. Find that source. Listen to my voice. Am I lying? Welcome to Project Power. Our goal is simple. The next evolution of the human species. Here, take one of those before. It can make you strong. Make you invisible. You never know what your power is until you try it. You push that power, don't you? Yeah. On the streets, they're talking about superpowers, but they're not talking about how one hit could kill you. What's the plan now? Took something from me. I gotta get it back. Something? Or someone? 
This thing is tearing our city apart. Your kid has something to do with it? Where do you think they got the formula from? They have my daughter. Maybe we can work together on this. What do you need? You still got the pills on you? He's about to get real noisy. No Batman and Robin, that's a movie. This is real life. We doing this. Tell me where my daughter is. in front of the entire world. One month ago, you played in Barstow, California for 40 people, most of whom were there for $2 taco night. Bill and Ted, what have you got to say for yourselves? Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. You were supposed to unite the world and save reality as we know it. Bill, we've spent our whole life trying to write the song that will unite the world. Why can't we just go to the future when we have written it? Whoa! Take it from ourselves! But isn't that stealing? How is that stealing if we're stealing it from ourselves, dude? <laughs> How'd you like our song? It's a little on the dark side, but you know, that's cool. That was a look at the trailers for Project Power, as well as Bill and Ted Face the Music. Those are the two movies we will be we will be reviewing next week. And now, on to a review of I Used to Go Here. Now, there's a lot of connections with this film and uh, some of the other movies that we've just reviewed. First off, Andy Samberg is an executive producer. And like we just said, one of the Lonely Island guys is in this movie. Uh, it's supposed to be a comedy. Um, it's supposed to be a comedy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And in that way, it was, you I'm know, sorry, American Pickle was clearly a comedy. Clearly. So I thought, yeah, I thought that would be the connection between these two reviews. But Gosh. Anyway. Let's take a look at it. Um, <laughs> I used to go here, starring Jillian Jacobs from Community Fame. The movie is about uh, a woman, and following the launch of her new novel, 35-year-old Kate is invited to speak at her alma mater by her former professor. After accepting the invitation, Kate finds herself deeply enmeshed in the lives of a group of college students. One thing that I forgot to mention is that her life is kind of semi-falling apart, yeah. but yeah. not totally because her book isn't doing so well her book tour got canceled um she Isn't was engaged strained, yeah relationship yeah, she was engaged to a man and uh, they are no longer together so that's kind of the backstory here mm -hmm. um will over to you first what did you like about this movie <laughs> honestly i i don't have any <laughs> i'm just gonna go straight and and cut it clear i mean Jillian, you told me that this was a three-star movie at first, no? No. No? What? Oh, okay. No. How or dare maybe... you? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look. I mean, Jillian Jacobs and Jermaine Clement were fine. They, they were great with their acting. But th that was it for me. I actually did not... F it, 
this film did not feel like a comedy at all. Like, Jillian G- Jacobs plays Kate, who writes her first novel, but it's a major flop, and we go through the motion of seeing how she deals with it. That, that's literally all I got from it when watching this. Um, I, I can literally just go straight to the weak points, <laughs> and, let's, so that you okay. can, like, and then I'll let you go and, and let uh, tell me, like, your favorite and your least favorites. But because the thing about it was that it, I felt this film was more indie drama than comedy. It looked also as though it tried to cop it tried to copy the same formula as Zach Braff's Garden State. So if you yeah, remember, that's the movie I thought of too. Yes. So if you watch, if you anyone's watched it, you got both characters in each film being called to return to a town that has a significant yeah. part of their lives. You have yeah. both characters trouble with a toxic relationship and having a difficult time confronting their issues. You have both yeah. characters meeting strangers in their town that becomes their answer to all their problems or at least recognizes it. You have both characters gain what has been missing in their lives for so many years. Like for Garden State, it was to feel emotionally connected again. And for I Used to Go Here, it was about being yourself rather than what people expect you to be. Yeah, except the arc in I Used to Go Here is vague. And I'm not really sure how the character changed. (laughs) Garden State is a hundred times better movie than this. I'm sorry. I am. Yeah, I'm just saying it as it is. Zach Braff's character goes through a very clear character arc. Yes. There is the plot continues to move forward. Yes. You have some very cool, interesting, very uh, unique characters like Natalie Portman. Yes. And of course, Peter Sarsgaard. Yes. All right. But, we're, but yet we're not reviewing Garden State, which we probably should do at some point because <laughs> it's one of my faves. Yes. Anyway, no, sorry to cut you off, but <laughs> no, no. I, I just had to say Garden State is the better version of this movie. It's so much more well-structured and, and I 100% agree with you. Like just her character arc arc for kate in this film it's vague and i mean that that last part of like just what they said you know about like oh you think about writing another book or whatever you know or maybe it's just i don't know it kind of left me just great i feel like i just listened to my friend's journey of like what college was like for them and they just came back and i haven't seen them in a long time and that was kind of like the sum up of everything i think that dude like it's just this film just wasn't funny it felt recycled and, mm-hmm. and it was slow. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I think that Jillian Jacobs deserved better for this role as the Jermaine Clement. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my spiel. That's my rant. So <laughs> what All about right, so you? you? That was your entire review. What you liked and what you didn't like, I see. Um, what I didn't for- like and what I kind of liked. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, what I liked about the movie, I, I like Jillian Jacobs. She has a certain sincerity and an honestness to her performances that I really do like. She was on a Netflix show called Love, which I really liked a lot. She yeah. was a hot mess in that show, mm-hmm. and she embraced it. She wasn't trying to pretty herself up. She kind of just tackled the character for who she was, and I really enjoyed that. I think she is a cool, very talented of. of a new actor and i think she has a lot going for her and i think she played this role as as well as she could and i enjoyed her in it now uh in, in terms of the weak points um i don't mean this in a negative way i question the existence of this movie <laughs> like purely altogether um not to say it was good or bad but i wonder why they, this was made simply because i mean movies I'm all I'm all for like 
movies that aren't as plot driven where it's hard to maybe even pitch mm-hmm. like Garden State uh, you know character goes home and you just follow the character you're not trying to really accomplish a goal you're just kind of going through the day to day with them but it's entertaining enough where by the end of the story you're with that character and when you watch them change uh, you know it's a satisfying experience for the moviegoer right mm-hmm. so I am okay with non plot driven movies but yet this movie nothing really happens um you know first off she's young and her first book isn't really loved by critics but she's young like there aren't a lot of stakes here your first book didn't do well great you're young you've already been published you'll do you'll do fine on your second book you broke up with your with your fiance okay well you're young you're gonna find somebody else i know i sound like a jerk like an old bitter old man but i'm looking at her problems and i'm thinking they're not that big of a deal and also when she goes back to uh, her alma mater and she's speaking, it's like, okay, she's back speaking. Um, and you have all these characters that to me are completely 2D. And I felt like mm, we mm-hmm. were supposed, they were all supposed, they're all basically the same character. Yeah. They're like the awkward, quirky kind of person yeah. with absolutely no depth to any of the characters. Whatever depth they had was literally in their names. Like you have tall Brandon. And how do you describe him? What's his character like? I don't know. He's just tall. Okay. And then you have a character whose name is Bradley Cooper. Why is his yeah. name Bradley Cooper? I was like, what? Is that supposed to be funny? Yeah. I, I don't understand it. Right. And then basically all of these college kids are hanging out with this girl, this lady that, that graduated, I don't know how many years ago. Why do they keep asking her to hang out with them? She's this like old lady. College kids should be doing college things. Yeah. Uh, that didn't make sense either. I think they're trying then, to be indie hip because, you know, they're, they're in a writer's like yeah. the writer's club. Yeah. I guess I can see that. Maybe they wanted to hang out with her because she's a published writer. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then all this stuff happens, but we don't clearly see how it registers with her. She never really hits a low point, like that critical second to third act break where like kind of all hope is lost and whatever. Maybe something comparable to that is maybe when she reads the, I think it was a New York Times review of her book. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that. And then there were a few things that are explained, like did she have a relationship with a professor? Did she not? But all of this is to me is extremely anticlimactic. Um, the character change was barely there and then all of a sudden the movie ends at a very inopportune time she finds out that her friend is in in a situation she's like oh my gosh i'm gonna come back home and literally hard cuts to black and then the credits start rolling it's like was there like 10 pages that were lost of this movie where you know there's some resolution and i could walk away thinking the character actually like changed they ran out of money so because of that yeah i i that's what i mean when i say i question the existence of the movie Mm because this didn't feel like a movie it felt like I was watching paint dry on a wall. <laughs> and also like the comedy that they were trying to do was like really like for at least for Jer- Jermaine Clement's character. Like it was way too formulaic, way too formulaic and on the nose. Like for him to say, you know, oh, I loved your book. Oh, it was amazing. Like like in uh, and, and, like on the nose. And then all of a sudden, like she's like, you didn't even read my book, did you? Yes, I didn't read your book. Like I just I just knew that was coming like like way before it even happened like 30 minutes later i'm just like i don't understand what you're trying to build up to i I don't get it like he's obviously a perverted professor yeah but other than that like i i don't understand what what else he's really bringing like what jermaine's character was supposed to bring to the table so now honestly for me 
I am totally open minded to the idea that I completely missed the mark of the movie and that, you know, this could be just about real people. And the more big things happened, then the more it becomes like a formulaic film. Maybe they're the trying to just the target's be way anti- too big, bro. You can't miss this. This, this target is way too huge to <laughs> no, miss. But I'm just saying I, I am open to the fact that I completely missed it. Yeah. But yeah, this movie just didn't register for me. And if you haven't seen Garden State yet, go watch that instead. Yes. Hundred thousand times percent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Time to our final review of the film. Will, what do you say? I'm being really nice and giving it a two. And because like with with just Jillian Jacobs and Jermaine Clement's performance carrying this film. Um, uh, wow. That's all I can say. I don't know. <laughs> I literally, maybe, maybe I got to give it a 1.5. I'm just so confused with this film. I don't know. It wasn't that good. Yeah. And that, okay. And that whole storyline with her and the owner of the bed and breakfast that she stays in. Oh my God. They just don't like each other. And then all of a sudden she's like, I'll have that breakfast now. And And the owner is like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that, that's all it took. For you guys That's to- supposed to be a sign that the character has changed. She now orders breakfast from the air, from the bed and breakfast owner. Yeah, you're right, Myron. I give it a 1.5. <laughs> okay. I refuse to rate this movie because, like I said, I question the existence of this as a movie in general. And because I question the existence of this film, I refuse to give it a rating. Because I will honestly say that what I did watch, it wasn't bad and it wasn't good. But I wonder why any of this was happening in a film it felt incomplete yeah like i would like if you had to like if i had to read it i would say yeah it's better than the rental and it's better than capone which i did not give favorable reviews to yeah but i those mo- those 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 films existed for a reason and it tried to be a complete movie and i don't know what this was trying to be okay. so i refuse to rate it i, I give it not applicable. That's my rating of this movie. Okay, okay. Here's the real question, though. Was it better than The Irishman? No, it was not better than The Irishman. <laughs> Sorry. But it was two hours shorter than The Irishman, so it has that going for it. Oh, it's so funny. Oh. All right. That was our episode for today. We will be back next week with a review of the films Project Power and Bill and Ted Face the Music. And we're also going to be going through our top five Keanu Reeves movies of all time. So next week, big episode for you guys. Excited about that one. But until then, don't watch this movie. (laughs) See you later, people. (laughs) Take care. Take care.